another episode of International Immersion, a podcast where we seek to connect people, cultures, places, and present an environment where people can learn and develop from shared experiences and the knowledge that makes up this great world of ours. So for today's episode, I have my father back, and we are carrying on with our discussions from our previous episodes where he discussed what it was like to do business overseas and then how, to, how he developed personal relationships and what those uh, led him to do what, what doors they opened for him. So today, carrying on with that, we're going to go into um, some more of the extreme examples and situations or uh, situations that he got himself into that people who do business overseas may encounter themselves or may encounter, particularly in Asia. So for our audience today, I want to know that while the topics today are not bad, they may be a little more extreme, and I would just advise that some some things may be a little offensive, but it's just the um, reality of the situation that my father experienced while he was over there in not just one country, but many countries. So we just want to kind of give an honest depiction of what he experienced and kind of a, an image of what things were like, you know, 20, 25 years ago um, in that part of the world. So, Dad, it's great to have you back today and uh, hope things have been good for you. Yeah, I appreciate being back. So perfect. Yeah, so we've already discussed, you know, in two episodes, you know, kind of what it was like in the business environment and then more building personal relationships from those business experiences. So today, as you so, as you so kindly have offered, you want to discuss some of the more extreme elements of what you encountered while doing business overseas. Yeah, I think that uh, just a little bit of clarification on, you know, the use of the word extreme, I would say that... Um, there's a phrase that's you know common in Western culture as well, um, which is play, uh, work hard, play hard. So, by comparison, and by comparison, that same English phrase has applicability, you know, from you know doing business and traveling on business in in the Pacific Rim, specifically China, Taiwan, some of the places we've talked about before. So we when we talk about, you know, we've talked about working hard, well we've kind of addressed some of that and how that can lead to personal relationships and, and kind of a deepening of cultural perspectives, etc. Um, but the play hard part of it is very much part of their culture. I guess if I would make a comparison to you know business in you know, in the United States, as an example, or Western countries has to do with, you know, quote, gifts or, you know, people that want to sell or get you goods or services are going to um, employ similar tactics uh, within, you know, the legal realm, of course, and possibly in some cases illegal. But uh, uh, in, the point is, is that the same type of networking interaction happens um, in the Far East, but unique to their culture. Uh, I think another good example is that when, when people in China, as an example, and my Taiwanese people that I develop relationships with, you know, they, they want you to, you're a guest, okay? They know you don't live there, so you're a guest. So they want you to have an enjoyable experience. And part of that enjoyable experience, you know, crosses over into 
I guess what we would call here in the West, you know, partying while you're over there. So yes, you work hard, but in the evenings there are dinners. Uh, we've talked about the uh, KYT and the uh, KYT. We talk about the uh, KTVs and the MTVs and the different kind of parties that go on there. Um, but there are also more business-related parties that have to that, that involve the people that were part of the companies that I worked for, either partners or actual employees, um, and then their suppliers. Because in the footwear business, you've got you don't just have the factory people. You've got the material people. You've got the, the various synthetics that are, were used to make um, outsoles like polyurethane or PVC, polyvinyl chloride, all these different things. So you've got a multitude of suppliers. So uh, especially excursions into China, there, there was always the invitation from not only the factory people, that, that our liaisons had the business relationships with, but there was also the suppliers. Uh, a couple of people in particular, because we had regular suppliers at one point um, in my you know footwear career over there, that you would develop relationships because you partied with them. <laughs> and usually surrounded um, a, what we would call here a club. But a club in the Orient, the way I understand it, is not a club here in the United States. A club here in the United States is... Um, you know, you would go there, they'd have a bottle of booze or something under the table, and then you have, um, you know, you got a bunch of friends, and there's dancing and music and things like that. Um, a club, as I experienced it in the Orient, was uh, a karaoke bar or karaoke house. And it, a lot of these places were quite elaborate. And you know, even though I didn't speak very well at all, or read, let alone read, um, you could see these places, especially at night. And I would always ask, you know, my friends, my business partners, you know, in the beginning, especially say, hey, that looks like a pretty cool place. I say, oh yeah, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a quote, dirty massage, or that's a, you know, that's a, that's a club in quotation marks. So over time, you just kind of recognize it without, without necessarily having to, you know, to read, you know, Mandarin or Chinese. Uh, Chinese uh, so you're saying that you're basically like the more, you, the more you, you spent time with them, the more time you spent with certain, you know, characters and business partners, yeah. the more you got to understand just by your own personal experience and what you learned from them, you know, you learn, oh, I, I can kind of tell what, what kind of place this is from looking yeah. at it and, just, yeah. and, and very, very simply like, going in or it's very obvious to what type of establishment it could be very much so very much so in in the early days it started off with the, with the dinners and the drinking primarily alcohol um there there in my experience there was there was never really a, a you know illegal drug kind of situation existing at that time in the far east uh taiwan had a little disclosure on the immigration form that if if you if you take took in illegal drugs, you, you would face the death penalty. That's actually on or was on the immigration form when I was traveling there regularly. That would be but, a bit of a deterrent for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that it was it started off you know and usually it's a pretty you know kind of scripted out thing. It's dinner, drinking, and then the opportunity to go to one of these clubs, these karaoke clubs. But the main difference is these karaoke clubs, uh, their employees 
besides people who bring you, you know, snacks and, and, you know, more alcohol in this case, you know, you can imagine that as the night would wear on more and more alcohol would be consumed. And, you know, that lends itself to a very quote free environment. But the, you know, the main employees of these, of these clubs were young Oriental women. And, uh, they would rep, they were kind of like a companion. They would sing songs with you. Um, it was almost like having, you know, someone to serve you. Uh, you'll get a kick out of it because one of the things that in the very limited Chinese that I learned was, you know, you know, Saozhe, being quiet. Saozhe, being quiet, ma. You know? Uh, like, ice cubes. Yeah. You know, put the ice in the beer, you know? <laughs> so it was like, because a lot of times it wasn't cold. And the you know, Westerners are used to cold beer. Yeah. Very true, very but true. There was also Gaoliang. And, and uh, they really liked uh, scotch and whiskey. And it was, it, it, it could get pretty crazy, you know, carrying people out of there and things like that. But I think that the underlying business aspect of that goes back to this work hard, play hard, and this idea that you are a honored guest. And the honored guest, from what I understand of an Oriental perspective, is they want you to have, they want you to be comfortable, happy, and have a good time. Because underlying that is this idea that now you're creating, you know, an even potentially deeper business uh, relationship because of the things we've talked about before, which are more personal. This is much more of a personal thing, you know, being involved in those things for the years that I have, it got pretty personal. Um, and you kind of knew, you know, what per certain people's behaviors were going to be um, or what questions they would ask you the next day. Hey, I've got this. Uh, we got to negotiate about this type of thing. So there's definitely a leverage aspect to that as well. You know, mm -hmm. they, they want you to feel comfortable and have a good time because there's, there are very much agendas, just like there would be in any business situation that has that element to it, which is a lot. You know, it's, it, there's a lot of that play hard, you know, work hard, work hard, play hard type of dichotomy, you know, that goes on. So, um, but getting back to the clubs, that's what a club was. So my experience wasn't so much, let's go to a museum in that particular situation. Let's go to Sun Moon Lake in Taiwan. Let's that. We did that. And I think that what people would normally consider in quotations, a normal type of interaction with someone from a different culture, that's what you would expect. Uh, but my experience with business, uh, especially, you know, if, yeah, especially if you actually were there with some of your own customers and going through this similar process. Um, it was, it was the dimension that kind of, kind of lends itself to perhaps, at least in my experience, because I am, I was a, a, a man, I was a businessman as opposed to a businesswoman. Um, it lended itself to a much more, I guess, for lack of a better term, a more misogynistic experience of, of what that culture represented. Now, I'm not a historian like you are, but you know, I do enjoy history. And back into, you know, Asian history in that respect, I would suspect that this type of thing um, was around in some form or another from their unique, you know, you know applied or their unique applicability of it. Um, but that's pretty much what it was, the dinner, the drinking, and the club. 
kind of in that order. I think that those were kind of the three primary, primarily, or primary That's activities. That's what, what the evening was. At least that was my experience, you know, when it came to having a good time with your business partners, whether it was a supplier, a factory person, whatever it was. This was, this was what was done. As um, the last trip I made there in the mid-2000s, same situation pretty much was intact. So I can say, so the, the entire period of time that you were traveling there from the late 1980s through the mid 2000s, mm-hmm. it was pretty much the same. I mean, granted, yeah. things change from place to place, more development, you know, in different countries, you know, you know, growth, economic development, whatever you want to call it. But you could say these, these types of situations or scenarios played out relatively the same throughout that whole period. Yeah, there, there, were, there wasn't a lot of deviation. Um, Korea, the times that I went there, it was the key seeing party. And then, as I mentioned, in Taiwan and China, it was, you know, the, the KTV, or the karaoke parties. Um, now, I think that, um, you know, to be completely transparent and, and honest about that, there's, there, there is an element, you know, of the kind of club, dinner club environment type thing that lends itself, you know, to perhaps more of the what's the best way to describe it without being overly crass. I think that it lends itself to an environment where um, the businessmen can take advantage of certain other services associated within those clubs. Now this is, this is yeah, this, yeah, this is obviously sensitive, you know, and potentially, um, you know, offensive, you know, type of thing for some people who may listen to this. And it may not be the experience of some people that have gone over there. It just may not. It just was mine. Um, so I think that, uh, I think it's important that, uh, you know, that we, we be honest, you know, about, you know, how, how that was, you know, potentially seen by other people besides me. Um, oh, for sure. And, you know, everyone has a different perspective and a different point of view. And like you said, depending on what, what reasons you're going overseas or what industry you're in, that's going to lend itself to different experiences. Like, you know, whereas I went overseas for education, that's quite different from the business. I definitely can relate in many ways to certain things, you know, that you've mentioned in this episode and the previous ones, but mm-hmm. it's still not the exact same situation because I was not there for the sole purpose of doing business when I was, there, when I was in the Far East. Yeah. And that's a, that's an important uh, differentiation because you know the avenues open to you uh, were probably more more diverse than they were for me at that particular time because I was there for a singular purpose, um, you know, developing you know footwear product that would eventually be sold in the United States as one example. Um, but this this is also kind of um, as you may have seen on some of these investigative reporter reports type things you know, different documentaries having to do with this, you know, it, it is definitely kind of an underbelly, you know, of the process itself. Um, I think on the last podcast, we talked about the illegal, the illegal gambling story. Um, yes, <laughs> very memorable. Yeah. This one, it kind of is an extension of that. Um, depending on how deep, how deep you could go into that part of the experience had a lot to do with who you knew or who you developed a relationship with. So again, being completely honest and transparent, you know, it is not an expectation, but an, but an opportunity. If someone wanted to take advantage of it, you know, they could, and let's not beat around the bush. It has to do with prostitution. 
No, and exactly, you hit it right. You hit the nail right on the head. It, it has to. It comes down to who you know and who they know, and the connections or whatever mm-hmm. you want to describe it. Yes. So. Yeah. And that will lead you further and further and further, and open more yeah. and more doors, both potentially, you know, legal or even illegal. Correct. Correct. And you know, this is kind of uh, a quote hidden aspect, you know, of that, you know, play hard type of part of the dichotomy between work hard and and play hard. Um, But it's also something, you know, that is for the most part under the surface. It's like one of those things that people know about, they don't talk about it and they don't make a big deal out of it. We talked about, I think in the earlier, some of the earlier podcasts about face. Um, You maintain face, you maintain that integrity. Um, and to a certain extent, you know, you keep some of those elements to yourself, which I'm not doing here. I don't travel over there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, that is, is not meant, you know, for a general public consumption, although everyone knows about it. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense. It's one of of those situations where it's like, it can be general knowledge, but it's not generally talked about. Yeah. Not only generally talked about and not, you know, on open for display, you know, a lot of those deeper aspects of that, um, you know, that club environment, you know, they, you know, it's, I guess, best way to describe it would be, you know, that, you know, they are below the surface and the opportunity there is to take advantage of it. And I think that, um, you know, there were a lot of people who did, um, you know, obviously not going to name any names in particular, but there are a lot of people did, you know, they got, got an opportunity to be able to, you know, to have light of sight into, into that process. So I think it's, again, it's important to, to understand, you know, that um, this is not on public display. This is not a public display, even though it kind of is, it's that weird kind of uh, opposite type of thing, but it's also, you know, that, that face element of Asian culture where yes, that exists, you know, just like it, you know, would exist in say a place like Las Vegas here in the United States. Um, but it's also about, you know, discretion, which doesn't necessarily make it quote right, you know, from the standpoint of say moral turpitude, <laughs> but, um, it is something that is there and is a part of the business experience, uh, from, um, you know, a very surface quote, what we would say generally an innocent type of thing where you're just enjoying, you know, um, a female or male counterpart, you know, in a club situation, you know, to something more than that. Um, so there is an element, you know, of, of secrecy, I guess you would say, but it's secrecy on a level that if it's not flaunted, then it's not necessarily considered to be something, um, that would be inappropriate to do from the standpoint, everyone from the partners to the factory people, to the, you know, to the suppliers, etc. Um, so it's kind of like a network in and of itself. And we know, you know, how pervasive the idea of networking is from an Asian perspective and their own unique applicability of that. Um, so, yeah, but I think it's also important to address in this situation that, you know, a lot of what that play hard experience represents, you know, there's also some significant social and, and global issues having to do from everything from exploitation to human trafficking to all the things that may contribute to that situation. They may or may not. 
because the question in my mind, or if I was an outsider listening in to this conversation, I would ask, you know, wow, I mean, that seems like you're taking advantage, you know, of a situation, you know, where there's potential poverty, um, you know, these young women uh, being in a situation where they have no choice or they're kind of in that for nefarious reasons of a variety of different, you know, types. But yes, I think it's, I think you have to address that openly and honestly. Yes, that those things could be a part of that. Um, and it's kind of the unfortunate, one of the unfortunate aspects that surround things like that, um, that I think that you just have to be honest with and that people potentially to the point of, um, you know, international immersion from this perspective, people will be potentially exposed to that. So it comes down to, you know, kind of making decisions that align with the person um, in the way that they kind of are. Um, and again, it's no secret that a lot of people took advantage, you know, of that play hard kind of environment. And let's just be honest about it. No, and it comes down to, you know, just to how people are and, you know, and just, you know, what their, what their, what their makeup is. Yeah. You know, some people, they have different levels, I think of moral integrity and in some circumstances, they just don't care, but they want to take advantage of things. Yeah. You've mentioned some examples of that from people you, you experienced that were, I would say a little shocking, you know, or blatant mm -hmm. they could be, or, you know, there were some who they did, but no one would ever know. And they're just very secretive about it, but it just comes down to how people, how people operate. Yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, you know, by talking about it here, kind of exposing it um, in a way that, you know, maybe. And I think it's not even, have done. I wouldn't even say that. I would say it's, I think people generally know that this stuff happens, you know, around the world. Mm -hmm. or, and in any case, it's just that this, this is more of a specific example of it. Yeah. Not with, yeah. Any, not with any of us, but just with what we, what, what you, in your case, what you've experienced. Exactly. And, and, and it's, it's important in terms of folks that may go over there now to whatever extent that still exists, um, need to understand that they will, will potentially be exposed to. They may not, but they may be. Or they would have an opportunity maybe that they wouldn't, that wouldn't necessarily present itself in that way in different countries or especially in the West, even though I'm sure that there's still an element of that um, the whole idea of what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Um, I think at the end of the day, if people want something, they'll, they'll, there will be a service or there will be a way they can get, get it, regardless of what it is. I mean, supply and yep. demand. So That's That's whenever, whenever there's a demand, someone will be there to ensure that demand is met. Mm -hmm. That's correct. So if you look at it, you know, completely separated from any, you know, social or, um, legal or whatever, or, you know, global kind of, of issues that we've kind of touched on, um, then yes, I mean, that pure and simple is, is business, supply and demand from that perspective. You, you're over there to produce a product, and um, as a result, relationship building in whatever form it would take, the things we've talked about in the previous podcast, you know, or what we're talking about now, is part of that mix or could be to whatever extent. Some, again, some people may not be exposed to that or the ex exposure to it now would be much less. But to your point, you know, if people are aware of it and they're curious about it, or if uh, in a more kind of extreme way, they're interested in it, <laughs> like you said, that it, it will be found 
because it's a part of that. It's a kind of a subculture part of what happens within, you know, Asian business networking. That's, it's a reality of it. Um, that definitely had to be a bit, you know, a, you know, like a shock for you as you got to know different people and you started to like encounter these situations or like see what, you know, what behaviors or things that people would do. They had to be a little like a little surprising to say the least, to say it politely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say that everything from, you know, mild, wow, what just happened to, oh my goodness. I mean, that, that kind of just says it all. There's people can read into it, whatever that would be. For a wide them. level of, a wide level of, of like, of like, of like, oh, it's a, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that there, there, there's a, there is a gen, a, a, a genuine and a general um, acceptance, you know, from the standpoint of business that this is part or can be part of what you do. It's inter- it's potentially connected um, to the, the business dealing process of making the, uh, making the engine of industry or economics from the standpoint of what product or service that you're producing. It's a part of it. You know, some people would potentially react to that and say, well, you know, that's just horrible. You know, that's, that should, it shouldn't be that way. Excuse me. There's a certain, you know, uh, you know, moral rep- uh, repulsion that some people may have to that. But I guess to a certain extent, that's kind of, that, that's, that's a denial that it exists that in one sense protects it. And in another, um, you know, exposes it for what it is. So I guess there's a certain brutal honesty that has to be, you know, you have to accept that this is part of how business can be done. Not that it has to be done that way, but it's part of it. And it's part of the experience. It's more of the human kind of experience that we talked about before, about making deeper relationships with somebody in another culture. Um, It's like anything else. Culture is going to have similar you know, similar qualities. It's going to have that, you know, that human personal interrelationship element. It's going to have, it's, it's going to have, um, you know, what it means to some people to make you feel like you're having a good time. And the more they get to know you, just like in any relationship, the more they're going to kind of get to know what you like or don't like. Exactly. You know, the, another you on, the more you can anticipate or, you know, expect, oh, I know, I know in a better way how to impress someone, how to make them happy, how to, you know, to show that yeah. I know them and want, and have their best interests or whatever you want to call it. And in business, like you said, it's the same way. They get to know you better. They get to know your tendencies and it, it helps them do business, you know, and it helps them like negotiate better. Like you said, the agenda, it's all kind of down or, to the agenda. Or an advantage or give you an advantage in negotiation process. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whether you would consider that to be borderline blackmail is, uh, you know, is a, you know, up for debate, but I don't think anybody with any kind of level of intelligence is going to, you know, dismiss the idea that it, that that yes, it's used for that, or at least to get an advantage or to create a connection where, you know, a better agreement, you know, or a more balanced agreement can be created. That sounds kind of wild, but it's a reality. It's a reality of part of that whole intercommunication process, doing business, well, and making and, work. Yeah. And as you know, you know, having having done a lot of business, you know, business is all about strategy. It's all about strategy yeah. and how to get the best deal you can 
and reap the greatest amount of reward for the work you do. Right. So, you know, and right. I think in that, in that context, you know, for some people, you know, and depending on who you are, you know, it more and more, uh, more and more options are on the table to use for that. That's correct. That's correct. And, and some, of, and some of those, you know, can be, you know, as we've been kind of talking about, some of them can be what a lot of people would be considered kind of a, a much more intimate type of thing. Um, where maybe some aspects of a person's personality, you know, or group personality would be exposed in a way that they wouldn't be otherwise. Um, you know, different political scandals or, you know, sex scandals or things like that, where, um, you know, people will be accused of being human, you know, or, you know, whether people would think they made a mistake or not. Um, you know, that type of interplay, uh, human interplay, you know, is a part of that negotiation process. And, Again, I think any savvy business person is going to recognize that it could be considered an opportunity, as you said, create a better deal than it may have been. And that had to be an interesting, you know, environment for you as you kind of experience that. And then also like, you know, and I know, you, you know we don't need to go into too much detail, but especially the different characters, not necessarily the people you mm -hmm. dealt with directly, but the people that they were connected with or you dealt with indirectly. Okay. Some of those people, as you mentioned yeah. in the past, could be quite, you know, a little more on the wild side or a little more very blunt. Very much so. And then it kind of depend on the person and the level of relationship you had. But, you know, some of them were very open about it. Um, uh, and there's a couple of stories that I'll share. One of them has more to do with um, um, alcohol than anything. I remember um, kind of developing a friendship, you know, or acquaintance related friendship with uh, one of the suppliers. Um, and what he liked to do was, you know, go to some, you know, corner in Taiwan, you know, where there's a bunch of his friends just hanging around, they were hanging out around a, uh, you know, um, you know, oil drum that had a fire in it and um, just getting absolutely shit faced. <laughs> That's what he liked. And at that particular time, I enjoyed it to a certain extent as well. So um, I think that particular evening, you know, we're all lucky to get back to the hotel alive. Because, you know, unlike, you know, a lot of the, you know, the, you know, the, the laws, and rightfully so, for, you know, driving an intoxicated, you know, the United States, they don't exist the same way over there. I mean, they, they didn't they do now, was, like, you know, some countries, they're actually very severe. But, yeah, this was... When you were there, the, you know, things changed. The more rural you were in either Taiwan or China, it was, it was, it, it, it's just not the same. Um, and that was as, as early as, or as, yeah, as early as the mid 2000s, made my last you know, kind of trips over there. Um, you know, so that's, that's one example that when you did that with him, this particular person, it was, it was a type of bonding that, Every time I would go over there, he would invite me to do this. Um, and it was, it kind of became a connection for us that when we weren't in that situation, he felt more comfortable because I could let my hair down, so to speak. Um, and I guess it, it, in a certain sense, it's a vulnerability on both sides. Uh, you know, I can work with this person. I can trust them potentially a little bit more and maybe be more liberal in my negotiation because this guy has a good time with me. Or this person has a good time with me 
and they like to do the things that I like to do. Sit around the oil drum with a fire in it and just, you know, going on and on and, you know, trying to do their best to, to translate it to English what they were, when they were slurring their words in, in Taiwanese or Mandarin. So, yeah, that, that definitely has to, yeah, has to, that definitely changed the dynamic a bit, you know, like when you just you know, negotiate, but if you actually spend time together, and that goes back to what we discussed in the last episode about personal yeah. relationships, it kind of gives you more, okay, more of like you get to know, you know them better, you can, and you mm-hmm. feel more at ease. You still, it's still business, but you're more at ease. You're like, I don't, it's like, oh, I don't know this person. No, I know this person. We have a lot in common. So that definitely could take the tension out and, and, and ease things a little, you know. Oh, you have a connection. You have a connection. And getting drunk to that extent creates, uh, you know, it, it creates a vulnerability, you know, where he's willing to, he's willing, this person's willing to do this. Um, and as a result, you know, we all know the effects of, you know, extreme effects of alcohol to one extent or another, you know, but, you know, it's kind of a true serum. You know, some people would even argue that there's a certain more reptilian quality that comes out in that situation that's not necessarily governed by you know your surface level cortex of your brain um and again it lends itself to a connection a different kind of connection but i think it's also important to you know to to note here that though there have been times where it's like i didn't want to do that um and i didn't do that but was still able you know to conduct business in an appropriate way i'm not saying that you have to do this or this particular type of behavior in order to be successful as a business person. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it is an avenue which can create a similar situation as a number of other different avenues could. It was just my experience um, with some people that I got close to over there. It kind of goes to like what level are you willing to go to? And, but, yeah, and just by saying that sometimes by doing a little more than you think you can do or even you know, maybe think I should do, it can really open some doors to an extent. But it's yeah. all based on what personally you can do. Of course, you know, at every situation you can't go all out exactly like the other person does. It's just not appropriate or, you know, not just not, yeah. I shouldn't say ethical, but just not re- reasonable to do so. But in some cases like that, that did give you that opportunity and nothing bad yeah. came to it. And it actually did, you know, create more of a bond. Yeah. But, you know, there's also the other side of that, that if the, the person that you're developing that relationship with doesn't have the same kind of desire to share in that more authentic way, then you can be taken advantage of pretty, pretty, uh, pretty severely. Um, so, you know, discretion going into those situations should be based on more of a kind of a mutual respect um, and maybe taken in steps as opposed to just jumping right in. I've seen some people jump right in. And you know they were taken advantage of um, in ways you know, that they didn't have to, but because of their own kind of sense of what they wanted to do, whether it was total immersion from a no holds bar perspective, you know, or maybe more graduated, you know, that can happen as well. So people need to be aware, you know, to use common sense as much as possible. Common sense becomes a little more difficult when you're extremely inebriated, but. You know, oh, going, sure. I mean, so many things become difficult when you're inebriated. Let's <laughs> face it. Developing that relationship is the key to it. You know, you get to the point where you can let your hair down with somebody like that in a more authentic situation, at least as much as you can determine, is probably a heck of a lot more advisable and wise, you know, than just jumping in both your feet because they don't really know you. Then you're going to be, quote, that guy. You know what I mean? Oh, when he comes over here, he gets shit faced every night. <laughs> 
yeah, it's, it's all, yeah, and they say, you know, all things in moderation, and you need to know how to conduct yourself so you don't, yeah. you know, like you said, become that guy, or, and they have, like, a more negative, yeah. negative, you know, opinion of you because of your behavior. Correct. That's right. That's right. So, and, you know, and I'm sure that you encounter people who were like that on both sides, yeah. or, you know, and, yeah, I did. and it's, just, yeah. it's unfortunate, but it happens, as with so many things. Yeah, so, like with anything, you know, um, a certain amount of attachment, a de detachment have to, has to apply to that process as it develops. Um, but it doesn't mean, you know, that kind of more, maybe more of a, I guess from the standpoint is when you really do get, you know, close to somebody and you would consider them authentically a friend. I mean, those can be pretty, pretty wonderfully fun times, even though when you wake up the next day, you feel like shit. <laughs> oh, I'm sure Hangover, oh. they suck. Yeah, so I think that I think the point of this whole thing is that you know my experience was very much that work hard, play hard type of thing. But I was also much younger. As I started to get older, um, I think I was in my forties, mid forties, last time I went. It was just it became more difficult to do things to that extreme. Let's just put it that way. Um, but in the early years. You know, there was there was a lot of what people would generally consider to be really fun times. You know, going to there was a I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, but I may have mentioned it to you. There was a place in Taiwan we used to go to on the weekends. Got to know people outside of the business community, other expats, and you know other you know um, you know Taiwanese folks that were not connected to the business. What I called called the pig and whistle. I don't know if it's in Taichung City anymore, but just to go there every weekend and stumble home. So <laughs> I'm surprised that I didn't get mugged, you know, on the on the three or four blocks from this place back to the hotel. I mean, because you'd go there and it would just be party time. And, you know, just all kinds of, you know, just the alcohol would flow, let's just put it that way. And, and you know this, because one of the things that when people start getting fired up, it's it's not just oh let's sit here and sit beers and over a course of you know three or four hours you know you you know you get inebriated no they're about taking shots and it's gumbay or gumbay yeah. you know bottoms yeah. up gumbay bottoms up yeah so yeah slamming slamming the slamming the shots or the different types of they bring out a bijou or other you know high etc. There's a, this is the other story I was going to share with you they bring out a bottle of Johnny Walker Black. And, you know, you're not that kind of drinker. And it never was really a hard liquor drinker. But you, know, you need to put that out. As you start doing shots, one beer garden, you know, I, I did that. I said, okay, I'll do it. And they end up carrying me back to the hotel. I don't have any memory after a certain point in that particular experience. Oh, my. Now, thankfully, I had these, these people I developed, you know, pretty – you know, strong and authentic relationships with. So they took care of me. But just imagine what someone else could go through if they didn't have that. So no, it's also that, that, yeah, that could have yeah. You know, if you if you hadn't had that those relationships with them, that you know, they could have robbed you. They could have just left you. Yeah, there's all kinds right. of stuff. But like at a bit missing person list. But yeah, you mentioned that they actually yeah. you know, they took care of you and they actually took you back to your hotel. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it didn't go to the There had to be quite of a shock and maybe a moment of terror for them when, like, you know, oh, my God, our guest just passed out. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, in situations like that, you've got some extreme things like alcohol poisoning and stuff like that. But, you know, it was, wasn't that way, thankfully, in that situation. But to your point, it was, you know, that they, they took care of me. They made sure that anything happened to me. And, you know, the reason was because I established those relationships with him. He could do that. They never, they never did it again. <laughs> because, they, you know, I wouldn't be able to handle it. But that wasn't, that's another dimension of, you know, getting to know people in a more social situation, you know, within, within your business relationships, you know, especially if you spend a lot of time with them in another country. That's their native country. You are a guest. You are, you know, quote, foreigner. You are the Guaylo. Um, you know, but they had enough respect for, you know, as a, as a human being, is that they're not going to, they're not going to let anything bad happen to you as a result of that. You know, they take care of you. And it's even more so when you can spend that social time with them. You know, they have an even more, you know, desire to make sure that you're okay. Which goes back to that whole idea. They want you to be comfortable, they want you to be happy, and they want you to enjoy yourself. No, that no, and, and I would say from people I met, yeah, generally, like if they get to know you, and as long as they're, you know, I'd say their intentions are good and they're generally good people, they they, mm-hmm. they will follow that. And of course, there are people like we mentioned, we discussed previously, that will not, and sometimes it's hard to avoid that. But mm-hmm. good judgment and use good judgment, your you know, your own intuition and your you know, your gut feeling, and that can help common, you avoid those. Common sense, common sense, it goes a long way. <laughs> Well, that's been very interesting discussing that, and you know, I think it kind of it does, you know, shed some light into more maybe the I wouldn't say you know maybe extreme as I put it at the beginning, but more of the less uh, visible or more like risque elements that you may encounter in a business yes. environment, you know, in the Far East. Well, it's a con- it's controversial, yes, because because not so much the partying, you know, alcohol related part of it. That's you know, pretty much everyone has some kind of connection to that even if they've never really gone deep into it themselves. But the controversial elements, you know, in terms of, you know, the club environment there as it differs from, you know, it's as it differs from, say, a strip club in Las Las Vegas, as an example, where you would take people that you have, you know, business connections with. Um, You know, it's controversial because it it connects itself to a country and an environment that doesn't necessarily have the same view as we generally do in the United States, but even in the United States, you want to take a look at the, you know, say the porno- pornography industry. I mean, it's there, it's huge, a multi-billion dollar industry, but it's, it's not necessarily something, well, it's probably more mainstream than it ever has, you know, but, you know, this, this is different, you know, this, this is kind of, you know, the underbelly of what you would experience in a different country with different cultural background, a different, um, you know, history of the interaction between men and women, uh, different um, perspective on um, kind of human rights, as an example, um, and you know the exploitation of folks that may not be you know socially or economically uh, in a position to choose anything different. So um, whether that's the case or not, I think it's important to be honest and direct that that is it is a part of what happens over there. No, I mean, that's very, you know, I think, you know, I think you're, you're quite accurate in what you're describing, having experienced a lot of this, but also, like you said, it's, you know, there's definitely 
things that can lead into the more, I'd say, seedier, more, you know, mm-hmm. elements that make up society and also, and just more, whether it's, you know, legal, illegal, or kind of the gray areas I mentioned, mm-hmm. all that can be, can be identified or, you know, observed the further mm-hmm. you kind of go anywhere in the world. And it just may manifest differently as you, as you explained, based on right. culture, beliefs, society, et cetera, of each individual place. Yeah. And, or the appetites of the businessmen that go there. Yeah. That, that would be the biggest thing. Cause that's going to, that's going to directly, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 choices. <laughs> yeah, their choices, or that's directly going to impact the venue or what they may expose themselves to or partake in. That's correct. So, yeah, correct. Well, that's, I really appreciate you kind of sharing that and kind of giving us a little more, you know, background into that or just from your own examples or what specifically you observed, you know, so is there anything else you'd like to say before we, uh, you know, called, call it for this episode? No, the only thing I would say is I said, you know, as, you know, more, you know, younger or whatever business folks would then, you know, get an opportunity to travel in the party. Just be aware of that. Be sensitive to it. Um, use good common sense. You know, it's a it's total cliche. Make good choices. Take advantage of building relationships, you know, and if it develops into something, you know, that would be in your when I say you're a third person, individual kind of paradigm of what is fun to do, um, make sure that's based on an authentic connection and kind of friendship that you're developing to folks over there. And just be careful um, not to be taken advantage of. No, very well spoken. And I, I completely agree. And I think anyone who listens to this and, you know, is in a situation like that, they have to use common sense and their own good judgment. And, you know, I think most people do, but everyone's different and you, you never know what can happen. So, but you know, I think yeah. you've given a good window into just what is out there, what people could experience as you yeah. mentioned. Yeah. And use, use some forward thinking, you know, based on people that you're, you're interacting with, whatever level you have a relationship with them, use forward thinking and don't place yourself in a situation that's going to be, you know, place you, your person in, in harm's way, so to speak. No, I totally agree. Dad. I totally agree. So, well, that, Dad, I really appreciate you joining us again tonight and kind of sharing your, your experiences and, you know, categorizing a lot of these different aspects that we've, you know, gone into depth to kind of bring out. So, um, you know, it's been a pleasure. You know, uh, if anyone who's listening tonight, if you have any questions, thoughts, or comments, you can shoot us an email at internationalimmersionpodcast.gmail.com, and then we'll happily look at, the, look at them and uh, potentially look at uh, ideas, which we can later bring out for future content. And as for you, Dad, we'll definitely have you back for more episodes as we go on to more topics involving travel and your own experiences overseas, which are quite interesting. And the more each episode is more, I find more interesting. So, you know, with that, this has been another episode of International Immersion, and we will see you all on the next episode. So everyone out there, stay safe. Let's hope we can get through COVID and then get back out there and traveling again. Thanks, everybody.